0: Welcome to the Power Platform Show. Thanks for joining me today. I hope today's guest inspires and educates you on the possibilities of the Microsoft Power Platform. Now, let's get on with the show. In this episode of the Power Platform Show, we're going to talk about Microsoft Dynamics 365 marketing and community engagement. And the guest we have on the show is one of the gurus in the Dynamics 365 marketing space. Today's guest is from the United Kingdom, England. She works as an independent power platform consultant at MVW Consulting. She loves learning and helping others. She's written more blog posts than I can count. You can find her in the show notes, links to her bio, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that type of great stuff. Welcome to the show, Megan.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. It's been about three years since I was last on one of your
0: podcasts. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Now, I apologize for my voice. I'm battling not COVID but a cold of some sort, so bear with me. But, you know, we caught up a couple of weeks ago, and had a chat and said, hey, why don't we do a podcast together? Normally I would ask about food, family and fun and all that kind of background stuff. And I know I've done that with you, but tell me top of mind for you right now, outside of work, what what are the things that you're focusing on? I know you've got some great physical outdoor-based activities. Tell us about those. Mark,
1: Mark, Mark. Yes. (laughs) The closer it gets, the more I'm regretting it. Not really, but so last year, actually last year, this Saturday gone, I walked and did a Walk with my dad, my sister and one of my brothers and we walked for the Alzheimer's Society. And so sadly, my dad was diagnosed in tw- end of 2019 with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and his his father had it. So it's, you know, it's kind of been in our family for a while. So we walked 25 kilometers, mm-hmm. raised money for the Alzheimer's Society and hated it. it. I mean, it was it was grueling. It was grueling yeah. mainly because my dad was a bit further progressed than maybe we appreciated and it was it was challenging because of that it was emotional and we were like never ever again and then two weeks afterwards my brother who is just as stubborn as I am was like what do you think should we do 100 kilometers and I was like nice sure why not why not and we've gotten closer and closer and we've both just been like he'll pop up on you know on whatsapp or whatever and say oh god I'm just wondering if I'm gonna be able to do it I said do you want to quit he says no I'm not quitting I'm not quitting so we'll keep Keep it other moving forward. So, yeah, so I I'm, like I'm training for that. So that's next uh, – well, whenever this goes out, that's July the 9th. 100 kilometres, yeah. nonstop, no sleep, hopefully less than 24 hours. Amazing.
0: Amazing, so amazing, amazing. We shall, amazing, we amazing. shall see. So yes. my, my Meg sent her regards uh, to you. And just as a Aww. bit of inspiration for you, she has twice done 100K – uh, in New Zealand's under Oxfam, they run this 100K in 24-hour walk. The first time she didn't complete, yeah. uh, she went back and did it again and completed, I think, in 23-odd hours. Um, so pretty pretty nice. amazing. Okay. Her, her, her and her aunties did it together. And then when I was living in Sydney, I was support crew for two teams across two different years doing the Sydney Oxfam, which is a 100K and, but yeah, the Sydney one was much more grueling. It was intense landscapes that you were going across. Mm. Um, but, you know, being support crew on that was heck of a lot of fun, you know, but, you know, lining up at each I stop, bet. you know, massaging the feet of the the walkers, making sure they're hydrated and, you know, correctly fueled up and, you know, yeah. offering the encouragement, et cetera, to get to that finish line. But seeing people come over the finish line is, is a sight to be seen because, you know, it's that's, like the bodies that's are I'm not functioning on. right. Yeah, you get yeah, now. I'm focusing on it. the
1: end, so I I think I can do it. And I I have a friend um, who she's also in the power platform space, and mm-hmm. she ran a hundred. Never mind a hundred kilometers. Yeah. Hundred kilometers for anyone that can't convert is about sixty miles. She yeah. ran a hundred miles wow. um, on Saturday. It took her twenty twenty three hours twenty wow twenty no. Twenty-six hours. Sorry, yeah, hundred miles. Amazing. Can you imagine running a hundred miles? Nah. No, no thanks. Th- no I won't run a mile. Never mind, a hundred.
0: <laughs> so. Totally, totally. The best, the best, the yeah. best I've done in one day. The best walking distance I've done in one day was forty kilometers, and mm. that that was in Spain. I was walking in Spain in one day uh, as part of the Camino de Santiago. My wife and I. We decided that we needed to really put in a big effort. We're about halfway through the Camino, and we did forty kilometers in one day. So it was dark when we left, and dark when we got into our albergue at the other end. But what pissed me off is that I, you know, not doing maths, I found out if I'd done two kilometers more, it would have been a marathon. Uh-huh. You, yeah, you know, yeah, it would have yeah, been an entire marathon in on one annoyed day. Me. So close, yeah, man, so close, man. And I'm I'm in no hurry to do it again. Tell you the truth
1: after this never again
0: yeah 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 the The thing is it can get addictive though i notice a lot of people do it over year after year after year get their team mm, together and no so if you're say it i'm as doing another
1: one then yeah
0: you you need to be stopped
1: yeah i need to be stopped <laughs> so we'll see we'll see how it goes so yeah july 9th 100 kilometers less it. than 24 hours we hope
0: yeah yeah and is there a heap of other people doing it with you
1: Oh yeah. It's a, it's a organized event. I'll probably be like a few thousand and they're all doing it for different charities as
0: well. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about, you know, one of the things we chatted a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to said, Hey, why don't we record this is about community. And we're talking about the Microsoft business application community, whether that be in, in focused areas like power platform, power apps, power automate, any of the P's power, you know, apps, and then in the (laughs) dynamic space, which of course has been around a long time. We've got formal community programs like the MVP program. We have informal programs that people have set up and run. And, you know, it might be involvement in forums, it might be writing blogs, it might be creating YouTube content, might be podcasting. And we talk, we discussed, and I, and I really want to get your thoughts on what's your journey being from the peaks and the troughs, et cetera, to creating content, particularly in in the community and how you've engaged in the community over time.
1: Mm, yeah, I think – I I don't think this is def- – this is not unique to me. I think so mm-hmm. many of us that have created content in some kind of – on some kind of platform in some kind of way, you, you can go hard for a long time, but ultimately mm-hmm. you will come and you will hit that, that brick wall at some point. And I think for me, I – do that over and over again i keep hitting hitting a wall where i'm like oh i just i can't be bothered i just have no desire all the Mm, rest mm, of it mm, mm, i think for so many people covid covid stopped us obviously literally stopped us from doing things but also i think it it put people into a place where you had to spend more time with family you kind of had to go out inside and start doing exercise you had to do these mm-hmm. things because there's only so much sitting inside your house you can do and as soon as sort of the the pandemic and um the sort of lockdowns lifted in different countries it was like oh my god I can go back outside again so i think that sort of shifted a lot in 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 my mind because i started out in 2018 doing my blog or 20 end of 2017 i think didn't mm-hmm. really take off until 2018 and that was because of that whole emoji scenario with the yeah, option yeah. sets and where the emoji megs came from, which I still hate, but some people still throw out every once in a while. But mm-hmm. but that's when it kind of like started to, to pick up. And I was, I think with anyone, isn't it, where it's like uh, you're starting to get a bit of uh, notoriety is not the right word, but you're starting to get recognized and people are starting to actually read your content, which that's, mm-hmm. you, you know, let's face it, you're creating it maybe for yourself to start with. But the hope is always, at least for me, the hope is always that at least somebody would be reading it and it would, it would help somebody out. So I think that started and I was working on projects for partners. So I was doing things and having to figure things out and I was still relatively mm-hmm. new to Dynamics and to the Power Platform. So I would figure something out, be like, oh my God, this is awesome, let me put it out there. But then, I don't, I don't know, the past sort of, I'd say six months, I've just not really found any interest in it or any excitement in it. And, you know, we talk about podcasts and I had a very successful podcast with Lisa Crosby, um, who's over in Australia. And we started it during the start of lockdown. It was sort of like March 2020, I guess it was. And we started this podcast and a lot of it was like, she was a bit bored. I was a bit bored. We couldn't do mm-hmm. anything. And so we don't take this the wrong way, but we saw, saw a lot of guys doing stuff. We saw a lot of, you know, you and Steve Mordew were doing things. You know, you've done mm-hmm. a podcast for a long time. There were other people doing it. And it was never about like saying we need a female podcast out there. That was never it. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. neither neither of us have that sort of mindset. It's not like we need women to be represented. It was just like, All these guys are do it. We can do it. I'm sure. So we figured it out and and it was really successful. We loved it. And and it was, you know, it was great fun for for so long. And then it just started, at least from my perspective, I'm not going to speak to Lisa because we kind of came to the end for different reasons. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But for me, it was just, I just wasn't excited. I wasn't excited to talk about events. I really didn't care. New features were coming out and I was just a bit disheartened with some of them. I was like, that's not mm-hmm. really all that exciting. It's missed the mark of what I hoped it would be. So I yeah. always i I started to feel like eh, I'm fake. Yeah, like I'm faking the excitement about mm-hmm. talking about these things. Yeah. So yeah, I just got disheartened with it all, and I just thought, why am I bothering? If I don't, if I'm not genuinely excited about what I'm talking about, yeah, it's not right. It's not genuine and authentic, is it?
0: That's interesting. So, now, now, just to give some perspective. When you were at your peak of creating content, now correct me if I'm wrong. You at some points you were creating over 30 blog posts a month, yeah. uh, you know, on, on a specific topic. You took out themes. You, you were really committed to creating content, and 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 you became an MVP. And you continue to create this great content, the the podcast, etc. And you've closed the podcast. And I find it interesting that there are a range of MVPs now talking about. Their journey in the MVP program and the uh, how do I put this that you know you do all like okay we're we'll talk let's talk about Joel Lindström for a moment. Joel Lindström has resigned as an MVP um, this year. He's written a great blog post on it and for his thinking etc. behind it, and what he's talking about really resonated with me. In that you know he lost a decade. He well, he didn't lose a decade. He said you know for a decade. He lost a lot of sleep because he was working his day job and then in the evenings creating content, whether it be his tip of the day, whether it be YouTube videos, whether it be podcasting, whether it be blog posts and speaking at events. And of course, everything that he said resonated strongly with me. I've I've tried everything, right? I've for a period I was writing two blog posts a week while I was in the UK. I was doing YouTube's every. Uh, I think maybe twice a week. I was doing the podcast once and then got up now twice a week. And I was finding, I was enjoying it because I was stretching myself. But then it got to the point where the stretching was done and the contraction happens, you know, kind of thing with a rubber band. Uh, uh-huh. And and I didn't need to keep doing that. And so progressively I've started culling off anything that doesn't bring me joy, right? which exactly. I don't know if you heard of That's, Mary Con- it, exactly Condo. It. You know, Mary Condo. I think her name is. Yeah. Is around clothes. You yeah. Know, if, if it you does know. not
1: spark joy, if it doesn't yeah. spark joy, you get rid right? Then let let it go. And I, a hundred percent. I mean, that was we. Lisa and I tried. Bless her. I. Th- I think that I. I had reached the point of really not being into it. A, quite a bit sooner than her mm-hmm. and we'd we'd taken a bit of a break we regrouped and then we did it successfully again for probably another six months yeah. but it was one of those things I just knew I kept coming back to it and exactly like you said it wasn't bringing me joy yeah and honestly Mark if I was doing if I had been doing it on my own I would have ended it a lot sooner but there yeah. was that um uh, commitment that you've yes. made to somebody you're doing doing stuff as a partnership And I tried for probably quite a bit longer than I would have done if it had had been on my own because it was ultimately that was it. I I have for a long time always been somebody that does value my time and Mm -hmm. even working for myself. I think a lot of people think, oh, you work for yourself. You work all hours God sends. You're always working nights. You're always working weekends. I work 8 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, and that is it. Other than mm-hmm. a deployment that's planned in, I'm not yeah. doing nights, I'm not doing weekends. And that whole thing with with the doing the community stuff, it's got to fit in somewhere. And for, for me, the past sort of six months or so, I've started blogging again relatively recently, but I've been on to when I say horrendous project, I mean horrendous yeah. just in terms of like the mental drain. Yeah because Mm -mm. they're they're a lot bigger than I thought they were going to be. It's just a lot going on. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? I'm not prepared to sacrifice my time with my husband or seeing my dad, who I need to see as much as I I can. It's that shift Mm -mm. in priority of, I work eight to five. I'm not going to Mm -mm. cram it Mm -mm. all in. I'm not going to just extend my day and make it a 12, 14-hour day because I'm writing a blog post does anyone really care if I do it or not? Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of yeah. does it bring yeah. me joy? Not really. Yeah. But then but then what happens is, you know, we talk about the 30 days, or we you know, and doing blog posts for a mm-hmm. 30 day challenge, or you know, you talk about all of the different things that you do. I think we're probably similar in the sense that if if I get excited about something, I'm like, oh my god, I could do this awesome series, and I feel mm-hmm. like it could really help people and it would help me learn something. New and I would be able to help other people I
0: yeah, get excited yeah.
1: about it and, and I'm a, my own worst enemy where I'm like oh my god I've got this great idea for a series and then yeah. I'll spend so much time on it and then I'll be like oh, I'm burnt out I'm done yeah so yeah so I do it to myself but I'm also during that period of time I'm excited and I'm um you know it, it, it's driving my creativity And I love that creativity aspect of it. Like I just, I'm doing my first YouTube live um, event in a couple of weeks. I've not done one before. I'm going to, hopefully we'll see how it goes. I'm going to start doing a monthly um, uh, YouTube live stream Mm -hmm. that's all about what's the latest stuff in Dynamics Marketing, like what's in the latest update. And and at the minute, I'm excited because it's creativ- creativity. It's something new yeah. for me to learn how to use YouTube Live. So I always look at it as the podcast was an amazing learning experience. I know how Mm-mm. to create and deliver a successful podcast. So it's that aspect that I'm excited about more than potentially the content itself, if that makes sense. Like yeah. the process of learning how to do something totally. new. Totally. Like, from From a creative aspect. As long as I still find things that I will be passionate about and, and excited to write about or do a video on, then I will still keep creating content. I think what's interesting, I mean, 14 years that Joel's been an MVP, that is, that's impressive. Five 20. years is impressive. 10 years is impressive. 14 years is, is amazing. But I think I always put content out because I want to mm. and not to... I don't want to say anything negative about other MVPs, but it will come to renewal time. And invariably, you'll see people panicking and doing like little things for a quote unquote contribution. I never feel that way. I'm always like, if I haven't done enough legitimate blogs, legitimate yep. video where I have provided some value i'm I'm fine with not getting it whenever the time comes and i don't get it yeah. i will know i'm not going to get it because i won't have done yeah. enough real content you know
0: yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent uh very similar position that i've distilled down to doing one thing and one thing i hopefully do well as podcasting and that's my thing um and why because it yeah. still brings me joy i love meeting people um, even with, you know, uh, although the listeners can't hear us, I can see you, you can see me and it's creating a much better experience in podcasting, which I, um, thoroughly enjoy. But you mentioned there about dynamic 365 marketing and I consider you one of the two gurus in the world, both females. The other one is as well. We won't mention her name. On oh, oh three, three, come on. She's three, not, been,
1: man- she's, she's not Who, been mentioned for a while. anything. <laughs> What's her name? Is that Miss Miss Holden?
0: Miss <laughs> Amy with an knee. Do you know? I didn't even know who that was her last name. Yeah, well, I like kind of did, but like it, it never resonated or, or with me. But yes, Amy.
1: Yes.
0: Let's talk about Dynamics 365 marketing, right? When ah. and you know I've been on the journey of Dynamics 365 marketing from when a, a, a company, a uh, software was acquired called Marketing Pilot, and Microsoft released a bag of doo doo with what they rebranded in that, and then they built from the ground up. But I've seen in the last couple of years a massive kind of they've got some smart people in marketing. I feel now and um working on the product, and it's doing some amazing. Amazing things, right? This this real time marketing is its time is now, right? And, and organizations need this type of tooling. People are sick and tired of newsletter based marketing. You know, the minute I get an email, it has a banner image across the top. Delete. I don't. Even, I don't even read the subject lines. Just delete. I'm like, this is a marketing piece. It's not a personal email to me. And so I feel that real time marketing allows a much more tailored experience rather than. Um. Here's some block copy. We're just gonna chuck in there and and use. And of course, it gets a bit of cut through, right? And mm. tell me about what excites you when we look at Dynamics 365 marketing and the maturity of this product. What excites you about it? What are the things mm. that you, you you say to people? Wow, check out this. This is freaking awesome.
1: I think I, I think before I kind of say what do I think is awesome about it, I think honestly I agree with your statement in terms of like. The marketing app has been crap for a long time. And I I still now, if I talk to somebody that's not quite made the decision yet, they're like, mm-hmm. okay, so is marketing really ready? Is it really like any good? Mm-hmm. And for a long mm-hmm. time, I would always say, no, it's not ready yet. Click dimensions. If you're, if you're starting at this point and you need something to use, I would always say click dimensions. Mm-hmm. And then... I would say probably within the last year and a half that there was then a shift to where it was then kind of they almost became parallel to where I'm like, "Eh, well, actually, your decision making is then more based on, okay, we're either going with a license, and you're paying for that, and you're paying for the, the contacts, or you're paying for the number of emails that you send. So it was more than What's the the pricing, or licensing, or or structure in terms of click dimensions versus marketing? And then, mm-hmm. really, Microsoft is right. They just started to get some amazing people on their team from the marketing product team, and they've just started bringing out more and more stuff. Now, I will say that the real time marketing I ignored for a long time because mm-hmm. I feel that and i don't think this i'm saying anything that the product team aren't aware of but they they brought out what they called outbound marketing which was mm-hmm. the original sort of yep. marketing stuff the sending of emails the event management the marketing yep. forms all of that sort of stuff
0: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then
1: they said oh look here's this real time marketing put it in obviously in the same product but yep. they function very very differently you have a journey yep. that someone goes on that's either an outbound journey or a real-time journey. You have email yeah, yeah. templates that are either in outbound or in real-time. So for a long mm. time, I kind of ignored it because I'm like, just doesn't fit together. I can't see how I would implement this. And from my yeah. perspective, I don't know about, about you, because it, maybe it's been a long time since you've been sort of in the trenches, but if I can't see mm. how I will implement this, I, I I can't buy into it. I need to be able Mm-hmm-hmm. to vis- like literally look at it and be like, this is how I will train. This is how I will implement. This is how I will um, yeah. sell to somebody this product. So I would say probably within the last six months is where I've really started to take it on like and, and actually embrace it and get excited about it. So the biggest yeah. piece of it for me is I mean, I love marketing. I've talked about marketing. I've done mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. on branding or all, all of that sort of stuff. But the biggest thing is I would say from a real-time perspective is the triggers as being able to have something happen in the database and then yep. go off, run a flow in Power Automate, do concatenations, do, you know, use expressions, find all the information that you need from all over the database not just yeah. from the contacts record, but, you know, finding, doing like a list row step and getting all of the related stuff based on certain criteria and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then passing it all back through so that then when I'm building my email template, I'm not just saying, give me the values of fields on the contact record or the related account. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying give me the values of information that's been passed through this trigger and here's the data just created for me. I mean, it's not, it's been built by somebody behind the scenes, but that, that piece right there where we're talking about true personalization, Mm. not just directly from the contacts record, but from all of the other pieces from within dataverse. So I think that for me is then where you're getting into, okay, I get an email. We're all, savvier now we shouldn't necessarily look and be like oh my god look how nice this is this personalized email it's still Mm -hmm. obviously a marketing email of some kind Mm -hmm. but it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to look as spammy or blocked and and a specific marketing email It's then more about, hey, this is, I mean, we think about marketing, but I'm working on a project at the minute where what we'll probably end up doing is also branching out with journeys and using it for things like, okay, your your account's in arrears, or there's an update that needs to happen, or you need to pay attention to this. It's not just for marketing. It's for me Mm -hmm. is what's an automated process where I need to communicate with the customer. So yeah, I I nice. view it more like that than just marketing. It's it's communications.
0: I, I like would it say, How do, more than wh- anything. What wh- What are your thoughts then? Uh you know on on a couple of of big things that have happened in the last twenty four months? And I'm gonna I'm gonna reel them off as they come to mind. One is. Microsoft is massively invested in Dynamics 365 Commerce. Now, any commerce place platform, so front-end, shop, et cetera, is going to have a marketing component, so there's going to need to be a plug-in back into Dynamics 365 Marketing. Then you have Customer Data Platform or Dynamics 365 Customer Insights, which is about finding all that data that you talked about that create triggers. So, for example, I'm 49 years old, I turn 50, and my insurance provider has a special 50-year-old insurance policy, and so I get a tailored message to me saying, hey, congratulations on your 50th birthday, by the way, your premium is going to drop to this now. Of course, it doesn't. It's actually going mm-hmm. to increase to something else, right? Insurance with age. But that's that's what we're talking about. One-off, tailored messaging, product, service, et cetera. But now, my understanding is you've got things like libraries within Dynamics 365 Marketing where your assets, et cetera, sit, and they're different between inbound and outbound, different libraries, and you mentioned before, yeah. and then commerce, mm-hmm. potentially another library set. Are you seeing from Microsoft a to pull together of all these systems to make it one Symbiotic type being.
1: Yeah, i'm I'm seeing I'm seeing things on on the horizon. So one of the if we talk about someone like Joel Lindström, you know, saying I'm stepping out of the MVP program, I would imagine probably one of the things that he might miss will be the ability to give feedback to the product teams directly at Microsoft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, one of mm-hmm. the things that is probably the number one thing that I value the most, I would say, it used to be like. The community stuff, but I feel like there are so many newer people coming out that maybe have like louder voices, um, more knowledgeable, whatever. So for me, I, mm-hmm. I find even if I'm not doing a blog post, I'm having at least one, one maybe two calls each month with somebody on the product team from from um, marketing. So there's stuff, obviously, that you know we're privy to as MVPs. It's under, under NDA, so it's not necessarily anything that can be shared, but. But I'm seeing where I find that they take on board the feedback, like Mm -hmm. they're they're absorbing it and they've got a team and they're doing amazing things, but they're getting that real world like, hey, our customers are asking for this. You know, we're not able to progress on something because of this piece that's missing. So I would Mm -hmm. say... Your, the thing about libraries and the assets, absolutely, there's, there's um, organizations that are using asset management software. They're already using something. They're using Sitecore. They're using whatever it might be. So to be yeah. able to come along and say, well, okay, there's Dynamics 365. You're using that already for sales, customer service, whatever you're using it for, and you've also got this asset management. Well, great. The marketing app has that, and we can plug it in. It doesn't mm-hmm. yet, but ideally that's kind of like where they end up yeah. going. One of the things that I would like to see is we, we talk about events and event management and webinars, and we've got things where the Teams integration, fantastic, but mm-hmm. so many people use, and it's, literally the name of it has just got out of my head. What's it called? Eventbrite. So people use right. Eventbrite. People use yeah. you know all of these other tools and systems that you don't want to have to say, marketing's perfect for your organization, oh, but then you're going to need to change every other piece of your sort of marketing Mm -hmm. tool or, you know, sort of suite of tools that you're already using as a team. You're going to have to change everything rather than just saying, well, here's the marketing app, but maybe we can start plugging into other things that people are already using. So, yeah, Yeah. I, I hope that we see that more. I think at the minute they're still working towards saying, This was outbound. This was marketing, which is outbound. This is now real-time, which you should be using. But they're Mm -hmm. still sort of bridging that gap between the two. They're getting a lot closer, and they're doing it very quickly. But I think once they need to do all of that first, I would actually probably be a bit annoyed if they started doing integrations with things and left those gaps. Those need to be filled. Then I think it's like they've set themselves up to be like, right now we can go off and do these other plugs into other into other tools Mm. that's what I that's my hope at least is they plug all the gaps in and then they can go off and do other things I like it whether they do or not I don't know but that would be good
0: Megan it's been a pleasure having you on the show final words yeah I
1: don't I I don't know I think I think I'm still I don't want to say jaded but I feel Mm -hmm. I love being an MVP but I do feel like it does not mean community doesn't mean the same to me as it once did and i think it's okay for people to step back from the community and i i, I see posts and i and, and i know because i was i was part of this as well for so many years where it was like oh my god events 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 and mm-hmm. you know sharing stuff on social media and i think it's okay to not be at every event it's okay to not share and retweet every everything that you see. I see so many people talking about FOMO of not being at, at an event. I honestly, I couldn't care. Like Scottish Summit, I just was not interested. And I also knew that even though I'm very chatty and outgoing when I'm on one-on-one or in groups of people, I don't like big events. One of the most special moments for me at Scottish Summit, the very first one, was sitting mm-hmm. with you and Lucy Bourne at a bar yeah. in Glasgow, chatting about real stuff, stuff that was important in life. And I think that for me is community. I view it as that. I view it as making the relationships that mean stuff. I don't view it as big events. And ah, like that to me isn't yeah. real. And and that's yeah. not everybody feels the same because people have different personalities, but But I think now, a few years on, I can recognize that and be like, I don't want to go to Scotch Summit because I don't feel I'm going to get the meaningful conversations that I need as a person, if that is fair to say.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365guy. Stay safe out there and shoot for the stars.